listening to Joe Barnes Online. We're talking about building businesses, creating an income for life, and having the freedom to work from anywhere in the world with passion and energy. For want of a better phrase, grabbing life by the proverbial balls. My name is Joe Barnes. Let's make it happen. Hey there, how you doing? Joe here and welcome to today's episode. Now, today's episode is a little bit about me um, and my journey over the last eight years. Now, it may seem a bit self-serving to do a podcast about myself, but the reason I wanted to do it is because it's been a very interesting journey over the last eight years where I kind of started from almost nothing. It's not, not your typical rags to riches story and you know, I was living on the streets and I had nothing, um, but we did at one point have a significant amount of credit card debt and we're living with my partner's parents uh, to make ends meet as we kind of got our online marketing business off the ground to eight years later running a multi-million dollar e-commerce business and essentially me kind of having a sabbatical. So it's been a really interesting ride over the last eight years and I've made a lot of mistakes, um, done a lot of things wrong, learned a lot and so the goal of today's podcast really was just to walk you through the timeline from 2010 to today um, and kind of what I did right, what I did wrong. One of the real key takeaways for me as I was doing the the episode was that if I was starting all over again today, I would actually do exactly what I did when I started back in 2010, which was really interesting. Um, But I thought to make it a bit more fun and interesting to listen to, I got my really good friend Jared Elvidge to interview me through the process. Um, Jared, I've known Jared now since 2011, I think, um, possibly even late 2010. And he is this incredible guy. He, He coaches. Um, business owners and marketers and he builds and designs websites and he has this unique ability of being able to uh, look at things the way a marketer and a business owner wants uh, you know from a user perspective and yet know all the technical stuff to achieve that so he's a very very clever guy with a super 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 um, attitude and, and, and way about him and he's interviewing me um, through the timeline of my journey to where we are today and really why this podcast has come about so I hope you enjoy it I hope that it um, gives you some really key lessons on what to do and more importantly what not to do um, when building and running your business so uh, enjoy hey Jared how are you doing thank you so much for being my interviewer today on today's podcast you are welcome thanks for having me um, we've known each other a while now, haven't we, my friend? We, uh, you, you, you've been there almost since the beginning, 2011, right? Yeah, we're we're old pals now. We are. It's been a long time. Yes, yeah. I know. Yeah, you were the, you were there almost at the beginning, but not quite at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, not quite. You had a couple of fun adventures before. Mm, I did. Um, okay, so. Um, Ask away, Jared. You're interviewing me. Ask away, my friend. Before I do, you know, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I need to just tell you. So Joe Barnes, I first heard of Joe Barnes when I went to a Mike Filsame appreciation workshop, whatever it was, in Las Vegas. And Chris Farrell was there because he and Mike had partnered on something recently, and they were up there talking about their program that they were doing together, and they mentioned this this up-and-coming internet star who 
had gone through Chris's stuff and was doing some amazing things. And I'm sure you'll probably throughout this interview fill us in on some of those things. But that's he mentions Joe Barnes and showed the things you were working on. I thought, huh, Joe Barnes. So I got home from Las Vegas and looked up Joe Barnes because I had you written down in my notes. Spelled, of course, J-O-E Barnes. <laughs> and <laughs> and I looked you up and sure enough, there you were on Facebook. I added you and we went uh, – we uh, – what happened? I don't remember. I don't know. We, we Somehow we connected there, but that's that's – I was just thinking about that the other day. I remember – hearing Joe Barnes and having somebody talk about how awesome she was and what an up-and-comer she was at that wow. workshop stage, even. Ooh, wow. What, 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 what on earth happened since then, then? <laughs> I know. <laughs> nah, come on now. <laughs> oh, it's only grown from there. But, you know, I, to start, I'd be interested, and I'm not sure if you have a specific format that you wanted me to dig in with, but I'm interested in before that. So how did, how did it all get started? Take us back to the very beginning. How did you get started in all of this? It's so interesting how it's waxed and waned over the years. You know, you kind of start off with, well, I didn't start with a vision to be fair. And that's, that's probably why it's waxed and waned over the years and gone off in all these different directions. Cause I didn't have a clear vision. Um, every, every, everything that's happened over the last few years has kind of just happened you know, it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's kind of, you know, and, and, and I say to people now, try and start with a vision of where you want to go. So at least you have some control over the direction you're going in, because um, everything that's happened to me has kind of just sort of happened. But um, it all started back in 2010. It all started back in the old days, um, <laughs> back in 2010. And uh, my partner and I, the, the recession had hit pretty bad in the UK. Um, and the businesses that my partner and I had, um, had been hit very hard um, by the recession. And um, we just, we were, we were miserable. And uh, we decided we wanted to sell everything we owned and travel the world. Um, which, nice. which was super crazy because, you know, we, we, ha- we didn't have much and I also had a four-year-old, right? Um, and we were just like, you know what, let's do it. Let's just, let's just do it. Anyway, we couldn't see, uh, initially we couldn't quite see how to do it. We started thinking maybe we could house it for people around the world and stuff like this. Um, and uh, what actually happened is we had a really good friend called Daniel Wagner. Did you ever hear Daniel's name? Daniel Wagner. No. Okay. So he was really, he was a great internet marketer back in the day. Um, he is phenomenal on stage. He is so good on a stage. He knows how to really pick an audience up and get them going and great guy. And uh, we'd been out to visit him at his apartment. He lived in Cyprus um, with his girlfriend and we'd been out to visit him at his beautiful apartment. Um, and, uh, I was at a conference in London um, and I can't remember how on earth it, it all kind of started before that, but it's irrelevant. I'd, I'd, I'd gone to um, a seminar. Sorry, I'm going around in circles now, but I'd gone to a social media marketing seminar. Right. And I mm-hmm. had at, with that was originally um, created by Millie Ponce and Paul O'Mahony. Lovely guy, Paul O'Mahony. I don't know Millie so well, but Paul is is absolutely super guy. And still, again, he's an awesome stage speaker as well. And they did a social media event. And that's where I met a guy called Chris Farrell. (laughs) And um, Chris Farrell was running a program called Chris Mentor Me. 
right? And I, and at this event in London, I signed up for it. I loved him. I thought he was a great guy, Chris. He was super honest and lovely and English and all the rest of it. And I signed up for his Mentor Me program. Well, anyway, at the same time, myself and my partner were saying, hey, let's sell everything up and go and travel, right? So a few weeks later, I found myself at this conference in London where Daniel Wagner was speaking. And I was sat at the back of the conference with his girlfriend and I was chatting to her and saying, gosh, you know me and my other half, we really want to just travel and blah, blah, blah. And she said, oh, hey, you don't fancy house sitting for Dan and I, do you? Because we are going traveling for like eight weeks, six to eight weeks, or whatever, um, in this, it, you know, and we could really do with somebody at the apartment. Uh, and I said to her, when are you going? She said, in two weeks. And uh, <laughs> I said to her, okay, leave it with me. And so I phoned uh, Rhett and I said, honey, um, you know, w- what do you think? Shall we go and house it? Shall we just, we've been talking about it for, for a few weeks. Shall we just do it? By the time I got home at the end of that weekend, he had put everything we owned on Gumtree, which is like the UK equivalent of Craigslist, right? So he'd put everything we had, our beds, our, our furniture, our bookshelves, <laughs> our chairs, all my daughter's toys, everything. And within a week, we sold everything. And uh, we uh, left the UK and went and house sit for Dan and, and leave. And uh, that was it. We, um, that was kind of the beginning of our, our, our travel adventures. And, um, and that was in Cyprus, right? That was in Cyprus. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, just, I still remember to this day my poor little four-year-old daughter cycling around in front of the house on her little bike. And we'd sold it. And the guy had come to, <laughs> the guy had come to pick it up. And I literally had to... to pull her off the bike and give him the bike (laughs) think of the trauma that we put our child through um (laughs) no no wonder no wonder she's not so good at sharing these days um anyway so that was that was kind of the start of our travel adventures and that led to years of travel as you know jared all 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 around the world um but but primarily back and forth to thailand which is where we are now phuket um and that's kind of where we live now really um but um, the key thing is, is when we got to Cyprus, I was doing this Chris Mentor Me program. So I, at the time, was learning how to build a website. Do, do you remember Chris's how to create a website by, by three, 3 o'clock this afternoon by, or something? Yeah, like that, right? by 3.45 or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, I do, yes. <laughs> and uh, And it was, I don't remember the app. I cannot remember the platform, but it was an old platform where you had to do your own coding. But it kind of made it slightly easier than like these proper website coding programs. I can't even remember. Was it Dreamweaver or something? No, but it was something similar to Dreamweaver. I'm sure it started with a K. I'm sure it started with a K. Anyway, so um, yeah, so I was learning how to build my own landing page. Yeah. Composer. Composer. That was it. It was composer. Right. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. And uh, I was learning how to build my own web page and my own landing page. And I remember to this day going onto the Warrior Forum and asking a question about why a link wouldn't work. And I remember a guy coming back and telling me it wouldn't work because I didn't put HTTP um, colon forward slash forward slash in front of the link. And www on its own didn't work. A link had to start with HTTP. Yeah. Um, and I remember him saying, you're going to go far. <laughs> oh, no. Right? 
And I was a total beginner. I mean, I knew nothing about websites. I knew nothing about URLs and links and HTTP and all that kind of stuff. I was absolute, total and utter beginner. Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of where it all started. So we're, so we're in Cyprus and uh, I'm learning how to build a landing page. And uh, I start sort of building my list, if you like, through these videos um, that I'd done at the time. I really didn't know what niche I wanted to be in, but with a failed business behind me, I think I started with how not to run a business or something like that, yeah? Um, yeah. And I had a little ebook that I'd put together on the key tips to, to mistakes of not, you know, how not to, to run a business. Um, and I got all of my sign-ups through Chris Farrell's forum, yeah? So I was in his forum and everything and I, I obviously advertised it in his forum and I got all my initial sign-ups and everything from his forum um but I'm I'm running around at this point trying to figure everything out you know there was so many different things at the time am I in the right niche should I be doing SEO should I be doing JV oh do you remember what do you remember those things where JV JV things where you would go and you would um submit your ebook to these sites and everybody would submit their free gift and they'd go out and to big lists and people and everybody would get the yes yeah they were called jv something or others um so should i be doing those and you know should i be writing articles there was article marketing at the time people doing lots of article marketing on these e-zine sites that were top of google um you know there were all these different ways that you what you should have been doing to drive traffic to your landing page um and i was just I really got caught up in one-click courses. You know, those courses mm -hmm. where they promise, hey, come and do this and you'll be generating millions in a few days, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and of course, you know, you, you don't. <laughs> 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 um, and, yeah, so it was, it was a tough few months because you, you feel like you're pedaling hard and going nowhere. And I'm sure many people listening to this podcast will, will um, resonate with that, yeah? Um, so I, I remember doing a training course, my very first video course I did off the back of a PDF that Daniel Wagner had written. And it was all about how to, how to build a, a landing page without Composer, without knowing any code, without anything. And do you know what it was, Jared? It was being able to go into Aweber and create your landing page in Aweber and then use the Aweber page. Oh, interesting. So you'd just be huh. able to literally get the link from Aweber. So you wouldn't even need to embed it or anything. It had a link and you could put that link out there and people could sign up directly through Aweber, right? Um, and I did a like a video course on exactly how to set that up and get that working. Um, and I generated a grand total of $27 on, that, on that first video course, which of course more than made up for the, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars I'd spent on training programs just to get there. Um, but it felt like it did, didn't it? it those, was, those initial $27 probably felt pretty good. It was pretty amazing to get those first few sales. Yeah, absolutely it was. Um, so anyway, um, so I'm sitting in Cyprus and I am obviously, you know, getting myself a little bit overwhelmed with all the different things that I think I should be doing in this online marketing world. And I sign up for a webinar that Chris is doing with a guy and it's all about Facebook fan pages. Um, and what the guy is basically selling, and I didn't like Facebook, I was not a Facebook fan, um, but I just thought it'd be an interesting webinar. 
And so this guy was selling being able to build landing pages inside of Facebook, right? But he was selling them for a really ridiculously high price. And uh, I was convinced that there must be an easier and cheaper way to do it. So I set about learning how to build a landing page on Facebook. Now, this was back in the days of FBML. So it's when Facebook had their own Lang, you know, code in the back end. And I <clears throat> managed to find a guy, I think again on like the Warrior Forum, an American chap, and I gave him $100 because I'd seen this piece of software some other guys had had where they made building landing pages super easy on Facebook. And what I wanted to do was develop that into something a bit bigger so that people could put a headline in, an image in, their autoresponder, all of that kind of stuff. So I paid him $100 and he created me this... this um PHP page uh, so people could go in and put all their details and then click a button that said get code and it would churn out all the FBML code that they could then copy and paste into the back end of Facebook and boom there would be a landing page on Facebook right mm-hmm. it was a genius little idea to be honest with you I didn't realize what I'd stumbled across um, so I gave it away for free and I was doing training videos obviously on how to use it and started doing some training videos on how to um, you know grow your likes on your Facebook page and over about a nine-month period I built a list of 18,000 people um, who were downloading this free piece of software and I just started to build um, you know, an audience because of my free videos and my content and I was just helping people with with Facebook and yeah. So basically over this period of time, um, I built an audience of people, built this list, um, started to kind of build this reputation as, as someone who gave lots and lots of value because I was giving lots and lots of stuff for free, obviously. Um, and it was all going really, really well. And I was quite excited, apart from the fact that we weren't earning any money. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, my partner's business had gone down the, the, the gurgler as well when the recession had hit and everything. So we'd basically been living off very limited savings for this time. Um, and we actually moved to Australia where he's from. And we went to live with his parents for a few months, um, which is tough when you've got a kid as well. Yeah, that's really tough to suddenly go and have to cohabit with your partner's parents um yeah yeah. so that led to quite a lot of demoralization really you know there were lots of arguments and stuff like that and I was trying to continue to build my audience and stuff like that but um and my partner was working on other projects and I just it it wasn't the best time and we were really running out of money and living off credit cards (laughs) yeah um and uh and I it was close to Christmas in 2010. Obviously, I'd, I built the list of 18,000 people between August and April. So I was kind of, you know, heading in that direction at the time. But it was close to Christmas and I, I started to think, you know, I, I need to, to, to pack this up. And I remember going out for a big, long walk with my partner and saying to him, you know, look, maybe I should maybe we should just pack it up. Maybe it's time to, to, to get a job. Um, and, uh, you know, sort of go back to reality because this is taking a lot longer to build than I originally thought it was going to take and our backs are against the wall and, you know, we're not, we haven't got a lot of cash. Um, and so we talked seriously about it and then I remember going out for a big walk one day and putting Tony Robbins in my ear, yeah, and listening to a really inspiring um, podcast by Tony Robbins. Oh, it wasn't podcast back in those days, but listening to, a you know, an audio podcast 
cassette or whatever by Tony Robbins. Um, I wasn't quite as old as audio cassettes either, but you know what I mean. And uh, (laughs) it inspired me to um, create a webinar called Three Steps to Wealth, right? And I did this webinar and it was really all about mindset. And it was one of the most popular webinars I think I ever did. And the response I received from people really encouraged me to keep going. I mean, I just had so many, so much positive feedback and people saying how inspired they were from it and how I'd really inspired them and all this. And I thought, you know what? I, I've got something here. I can make people feel like they can. And and mm-hmm. I, I think that's been my biggest skill all the way through my, my career today is somehow, I'm not sure how, I, I think it's probably because if I can do it, anybody can do it. I, I make people feel like they can, you know? Um, and that made me really feel like I could myself. And so I kept going. And then the next chapter, Jared, you will recall because you were a major part of it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I remember I, I remember this whole period of time that you're talking about because I was just starting to tune in and pay attention to what was going on and what you were doing. And so, yeah. Very interesting. So we. So we what have, happens next? Yeah, well, we, of course, were starting to build what was going to be called the Social Networking Academy. So Chris had been so generous with his time and had walked me through how to build a membership site and had a, you know, packet full of content and all that kind of stuff. So, of course, I was I was building the Social Networking Academy with lots of information about social media and social networking. And, of course, you helped me build the entire site and put the whole site together. Um, and, uh, gosh, that was an interesting time, wasn't it, putting all of, put, putting all of that together. Um, and what was it? We used a membership site. Can you remember? We actually had a, a standalone dedicated member gate it was member gate. what was it called member, member gate. gate yeah yeah mm. yeah it was inexpensive it was really pricey. software mm. and all the sites that you generate with it i shouldn't say that <laughs> maybe it's still out there <laughs> but know. but yeah every all the sites just looked the exact same and they were yeah full long side column navigation it was crazy oh it was so complex so complex it was such a complex membership site to get in. it was so overwhelming once you got into it you know to, to go to this this video and that video and this section and that section but anyway so wait um, but joe do you remember first we we built it in wordpress first oh we did membergate came later didn't it Membergate was like a quick fix to we overloaded the scripts and the and the hosting account. That's right. Right after launching. That's <laughs> right. We did. Yeah, we built it in WordPress first. Were we using Optimize Press or something like that? Perhaps. I think you're probably right. Yeah, we probably were. Yeah. Like, so you know, digital optimized press. We did. So yeah, built it all in um WordPress first and then Membergate came later. Yeah, gosh. Anyway, so we would now we'd now left Australia, come back to England and we were staying at my mum's house, which is a teeny weeny little house. And um and I still remember the night of the launch. Uh, I was launching it on a webinar and I mean it was crazy because I had my it was just so I had people basically for the weeks leading up to it sending me emails saying, when can I get in? When can I buy? And Uh on the night of the webinar, people were telling me that they'd come to the webinar literally with their card in their hand. Ready to <laughs> ready ready to get access to the social networking academy, um, and uh, we had a phenomenal webinar. I remember sitting there with a big cl- glass of red wine, <laughs> we 
which I wouldn't touch until the end of the webinar. Yeah, and it was just sat there in front of me, and I was like, as soon as this webinar's finished, I'm having that wine. And um, <laughs> and the webinar went on for about two hours uh, of Q and A's, and people were just buying and buying, and I sold it for hundred and ninety seven dollars. Do you remember? And um, people were just buying and buying, and uh, and I can't remember how much we did on the webinar, but I know that over that seven day period, the launch period, we did a hundred and seventeen thousand dollars in sales in total um in that week which was just amazing you know we could not believe it i so it's funny because to bring it full circle with with chris farrell at the end of that seven day period i was at a conference in park city sitting next to chris in the audience and i get a text from joe barnes in the uk or you maybe you were in australia then i can't remember but i get this text saying we did it. We broke six figures this week. <laughs> I remember seeing that text and thinking, oh, my gosh, we did. It. And I, I turned over and I showed Chris and he just looked at me like, you guys are amazing. You did it. Uh, <laughs> he couldn't believe uh, it. It was, it, was, it, it was a great experience. Yeah. It was surreal. Yeah. 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 It was like, this stuff really works. Yeah. No, it was yeah. incredible. Okay. So that all makes sense. So I want to hear what comes next. But before – uh, we move on to what comes next, Joe. I've just got one question for you, and I want to know. So all of I understand all this process, all this this getting started process for you. I, I followed that really well. That that's really interesting to kind of hear that backstory. At what point in that process was it a definitive decision for you that you were going to go online? You were going to do a business online. Like, what was that decision? like and and what brought that about was it just the need that was that just the solution you thought to being able to travel yeah or how did that happen yeah basically it was we we wanted to travel and we knew that in order to be able to travel we had to you know we didn't have money we didn't have savings in the bank to be able to last us a couple of years traveling um so we knew we had to keep earning as we traveled um and so i remember actually waking up like middle of the night one night oh gosh in the, back in england before we were traveling i remember waking up middle of the night one night and saying to Rhett, we have to start a business online I'd I'd, I'd, I'd kind of heard the word banded around a bit, you know, online business, blah, blah, blah. I think I'd been to like a seminar with a guy called Stephen Esser who was doing webinars, yeah, um, uh-huh. and stuff like that. And, and somehow, gosh, the universe is a funny old thing, isn't it? But somehow I just started to hear about webinars and online marketing and social media marketing and stuff like this, yeah, because I remember – in my offline business, a guy coming and trying to sell me Facebook and me literally shooing him out the door and saying, no, I don't, I'm not going to be on that rubbish. <laughs> Get out, man. This is a real business. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> but I remember, I do remember waking up in the middle of the night one night and having this, just this complete flash of inspiration and saying to Rick, we, we need to start an online business. We, we, we can run a business online. I've been hearing about it. I've been seeing stuff. We can make money on online. We can do this online. And uh, and that was kind of the start of it. And then, obviously, we went over to Cyprus. And, of course, when we met Dan, that's what he was doing. He was running an internet marketing business, yeah? And now we were, now we were house-sitting for him. And, yeah, 
and I was and I was making video. There's loads of videos on YouTube. If people go to my YouTube account, which is Joe Bonds Online, and go all the way back to the beginning, you'll see there's me standing there by the Cypress Rocks, the sea caves, doing these videos. You know, um, all about different aspects of making videos and stuff like that. Yeah, it was, oh, it was fun early days. Fun early days. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I can remember some of those, like seeing some of those videos. I had gone and and when I looked you up, I could see. Mm. I I can totally picture. I know exactly where you're standing and everything. That's that's awesome. I think. Okay, I, so fast. I, I, go I th- ahead. Be- before we move forward, though, I think a couple of key lessons from that, though, for people listening, yeah. right? Because I don't just want this just to be about my story. I, I I'm hope I'm hoping that people will get inspired by this story and this podcast. That's the point of it. Um, but a couple of key lessons I would say are from that. If I could start all over again and do it all again, I would not do it any differently. I would do exactly what I did. And that's kind of what I'm doing now, really, as, as we move forward in this podcast. I would find something of immense value that people really, really want. And I would give it to them for free. And I would build that list of interested people. I would build that audience before I ever went and sold anything. And, you know, I don't know why I got it right, but I got it right. You know, I don't know how that came about that I that I kind of figured that out. Um, and I don't think I did figure it out. I think it just kind of came about that way. Um, but the fact that I had that little piece of software and I gave that away and I built that audience and I gave lots and lots of great content and I did all of that for a long time before I went and launched my academy um, – that is absolutely the right way to do it. And if I was going to do it all over again now, that's exactly how I would do it. I would start by giving immense value, immense content, build that audience, build that reputation, build your brand, build the trust, build the credibility, um, bring people in, you know, and give them, solve their problems. Um, and then you're going to get so much feedback and questions and people asking you stuff that, you're going to figure out where the real challenges are that you can perhaps help with a product, a service, um, a course, a mentorship, whatever it is that you feel you might want to sell down the line. By building that big audience of people, first of all, you're really building that credibility and trust and and word of mouth and goodwill. Um, And you're also getting an immense amount of feedback on where the real problems are. So you can then figure out how do I solve those problems with my product or service rather than um, you know, sometimes we come up with a product or a service that's based on just us um, and we put it out there and the market doesn't want it. You know, it's not, it, it doesn't solve their problems, it solves our problems. Um, and there's a lot of times where our problems are their problems and it works. But, you know, the more market research you can do before you launch something, the better. And there's no better way of doing market research than having um, a fantastic audience of people who already really enjoy your content and what you're offering them. Yeah. So one of my key takeaways from all of that is it goes back to what you said at the very beginning when you were talking about how people often try to figure out what their vision is first. And sometimes as coaches and things, we we even tell people, what's your vision? You know, figure out what that is. But the truth is, from your story and something that you are uniquely really, really good at, in fact, I've heard the uh, nickname thrown around Massive Action Barnes many times. Uh, But that vision, just like you're saying right now, actually gets gets, uh, the correct vision anyways, gets built 
and adjust it as you go. If you just take action, even though you don't have the full vision there yet, as as you just figure out what that topic is, where you can provide some value and start doing it for free and putting it out there and really helping people and giving as much as you can, then the feedback that you get from people, oh, interesting, those are the questions that they have. Mm. Oh, interesting, they already knew that, but they had no idea how to do this. Oh, wow, interesting, that's what they need, and I can help them with that. Your vision, meaning what you're specifically going to put together to sell in the form of a business, you know, it's not really a business necessarily until some money is changing hands. So you got to figure out what you're going to sell. That vision gets formed and adjusted along the way based on the feedback that you're getting from your potential customers. And so that was a really long way for me to say that I think my big takeaway is just take action. Yeah. Be like massive action barns as much as you can. And that vision forms itself. Don't feel like you have to have it all figured out before you start taking those initial steps because it's impossible. Yeah. You can't get it right until you start taking action like like you did in, in this first part of your story and started putting stuff out there and seeing what people responded to. So I think that that's always been something that I've really admired about you because it's not very – I have to force myself to take action sometimes uh, with, earlier than I'm used to or earlier than I want to, than I'm comfortable and the way I do it is I say, well, what would what would Joe do? Or I even call you and say, okay, Joe, I need a kick in the pants. Here's what I'm thinking. And you say, oh, just do it. Just do you know, I remember, that. I actually remember when I was in my 20s, I met a very successful businessman. And I, I remember him saying to me, one of the key qualities of a good entrepreneur or a good business person is somebody who's able to make decisions on incomplete information. Oh, that's good. I like that. And I still remember him saying that to me. You can't, sometimes it is not possible to get all your ducks in a row and you have to make a decision and you have to take action, even though you do not have all of the information. And uh, I think that is really, really a vital component of being able to move forward, especially these days where change is so rapid and things are moving. And, you know, there's going to be so many times you're not going to have every single piece of information. So you just have to take action anyway. Otherwise, you're going to be standing there and thinking about it and, you know, forever. Oh, well, you've really embodied that. You've really uh, you've <laughs> you've mastered that skill. I've always been impressed by that. So that's cool. However, so we got however, however, that? this is a nice this is a nice segue into what happened next, actually, Jared, because however, um, when you do that, there is a con to taking action on incomplete information um, in that you're not always then prepared for the next stage. <laughs> you're rarely, rarely prepared for the next stage. <laughs> um, yes. So tell us. Yeah. Tell us what happened. What what happens next then? Well, after those initial sales, which of course went incredibly well, I then turned it into a monthly payment plan. Um, and this is just, sorry, just catching me up. We're at the Social Networking Academy. Initial sales of your, what became your membership. That's correct. Yeah. So after that initial launch, yeah, um, mm-hmm. we then turned it into a monthly membership program. Um, and we did super well, uh, you know, really well. Uh, we had we had lots and lots of members um, and we were probably generating, I don't know, 10 grand a month or something. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, out of monthly 
membership sales and it was going super well. Um, so 2011 was a pretty, pretty good year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Then at the end of 2011, I remember this. I'm not sure why, but we decided to put the price up. Um, and I can't remember why we decided that because it was a, you know, it was a reasonable price point. Um, but it was quite cheap. Um, I think we were doing it at like 30 bucks or 37 bucks or something. Everything ended in the seven, didn't it? In those days, so it might be probably <laughs> yes. 37 bucks. Um, so I think we put the price up to 60 bucks or, or 50. I can't remember. Anyway. Um, and the sales died. I mean, they literally overnight died. Right. Um, and when I tried to put the, the the price back down, it was it was too, I don't know what I'd done, but it was too late. And one of the challenges I had is that because at the time running a membership site, one of my big um, values is over deliver, over deliver, over deliver. So I was in that site constantly trying to put in new content, up to date content. Plus, at the time when I launched it, I only really knew a lot about Facebook. So at the same time, I was desperately trying to teach myself everything else. Yeah, so the Twitter. Mm-hmm. And the, the 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 Pinterest I think would just come out then, and the Google was just and YouTube and all the rest of it. So I was trying to teach myself how to use these other sites at the same time as then teaching other people how to use them. Um, and so I wasn't doing any promotion anymore. I wasn't go, go out there doing my free content or pulling people into my funnel. I was literally in my site. And of course, as we know, social media changes every single in five minutes so (laughs) as quick as I had recorded a video on how to do something it had changed and I'm recording new videos yeah on how to do it so I'm in the membership site all the time plus I got myself really embroiled both time and money in trying to improve my landing page software for Facebook so Facebook is constantly changing their back end. The landing page software that I'd started my career with had to keep being changed and tweaked. I was trying to make it better. And while I'm doing this, I have got competitors with lots of money, lots of resources just flying past me with really slick fantastic pieces of kit on how to build landing pages in Facebook. Um, and instead of just saying, you know what, let's sack ours because they're not as good and I don't have the money, the time, the resource to, to make them as good. Um, I kept plugging away because that is, that's another thing with me. I'm a bit of a plugger, you know, if I've got a bit of an idea in my head, I'm going to keep going. It it takes a lot for me to say, all right, I've had enough. Um, but I should have just stopped, but I didn't. So I really, the, the 2012 was not a great year because I was just inside the members area trying to update social media videos. I was pumping all my time and money into these landing page software. I was doing very little promotion and stuff outside. So 2012 was really hard going to try and maintain and continue generating income for us um so we kind of move into 2013 and by now facebook was so popular yeah really uh, you know it was hugely popular by then that every man and his dog was selling courses and software you know i mean ev- yes. everywhere you look now everybody was facebook facebook um facebook pages facebook groups facebook ads um you know everything Anything and everything. Dark, oh, was it dark? Did dark posts come in in 2013? I can't remember. But every man and his dog was, was now doing um, Facebook training courses. Um, so, yeah, I, I struggled in, in 2012. And uh, what I did in 2013 is I, um, 
I, I think I'd seen a Ryan Dice video or got an, you know, got some Ryan Dice training or something. He's a clever guy. I like Ryan Dice. Very clever guy. Um, yeah. And he was basically showing a way that you could split up your membership and sell standalone courses separately. Yeah. And then entice people into your membership on the back end of those standalone courses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started, I split all my courses up and I think I had Facebook marketing. I think I had YouTube marketing. Um, I think I had Twitter, actually a, a Twitter course had been done by somebody else for me. Um, gosh, I can't remember what I had, but I had LinkedIn. I had LinkedIn. So I had about four or five courses that I was selling for like 47 bucks, Jay. And they were massive courses. I mean, these were like, Mm -hmm. you know, four or five solid modules of 10 or 15 videos a module. And I'm selling them for like 50 bucks um, to try and then encourage people to join my membership site on the back end. Yeah. Um, and again, I did all right. 2013 was an okay year. Um, because I was selling these courses out front, I guess they kind of became a lot of my promotion. Plus, um, that was the year that I launched Facebook Marketing 2013, the ebook. And this was like a blimmin' 90 page ebook on everything you needed to know about Facebook marketing. Um, and I gave that away for free and I grew my list to about 50,000 in 2013 um, because we were just pumping that out there. Um, and we were doing things, we were doing Facebook ads, we were doing solo ads, we were doing Twitter ads. Um, and my partner was working with me at that time. We were working together, um, which was a really, really big mistake. And that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> altogether. <laughs> That's that's an entirely new discussion. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so we worked really hard that year to grow my email database, to sell those courses, and we did pretty well that year. That was a good year. Um, but by the end of 2013, I was really getting exhausted with social media. Yeah, I couldn't, I just couldn't keep up with the changes. Every time I made a, a video, it just changed within, you know, days. I mean, Facebook was horrendous. I remember doing a Facebook ads course and just ringing my, I had a guy in Eastern Europe who was helping me put screenshots and stuff into a PDF. And every day almost, I would go to him and say, you need to change that screenshot. And he would say, well, I just changed it yesterday. And I'm like, yeah, but they've just changed it again. Um, And ah, it was just a nightmare. And so at the end of 2013, I was, and I remember our great guy, a guy called Zed Shah. Do you remember Zed Shah? Yes, I do. Oh, I haven't spoken to Zed for years. Anyway, super, super nice guy. And I remember meeting him at an event in London. And he said to me, Joe, you need to stop selling the um, platforms and start selling the principles. Yes. Because the principles are here to stay. The platforms are going to change, you know? So there's a little key lesson, I think, to anybody listening. Um, You know, whatever you are currently doing or currently um, giving information on or selling or whatever, you might just want to start thinking about how do I actually turn this into a set of principles that can last forever as opposed to, you know, just constantly selling the ever-changing world that we're living in right now yeah and in fact Jeff Bezos from Amazon um, I think he's got a quote somewhere that said something about the the key to success is 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 I can't remember the quote exactly but something along the lines of the key to success is to to find something that is going to be around forever so like retail you know 
Yeah. It's, it's never going yeah. anywhere. It's never going anywhere. Now maybe retail online is going to change and adapt, but retail itself, the core the core principle of what's going on there is retail, which is never going to change. It may change how retail morphs over the years, you know, now it's so it's gone from from stores to online. It's now not just online, it's now mobile. That mobile's going to change, I'm sure in the future to a little watch or glasses or something in your head or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> how you buy will change, but you're still going to buy yeah. So you're, um, so so the takeaway is you're not you're suggesting don't necessarily teach the here's step by step how to post an item for sale in the Amazon marketplace and how to do what to click where click here next then click here but rather what are the principles why how do you sell? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm suggesting at that stage. However, you know, I mean, businesses are built on the back of where things are going. Part of this podcast, I I spoke speaking to a fantastic guy who runs an e-commerce consultancy company. And of course, a lot of his principles are based on the software you're using, you know, so look, we want, but, but his principles are still sound as they are really, you know, we need to have an attractive offer at the front end. We need to pull people in. We need to have certain things on the page that are going to convince them that this is a great thing to buy. Um, and then we need to have testimonials and we need to have this, and we need to have that. And I guess really, no matter what platform that ends up being the core principles of making sure that that funnel of how you get people from not interested through to buyer kind of remain the same, really, no matter what, what platform that ends up being you know the the principles of aida if you like you know attention interest desire whatever it is um you know remain the same uh and of Absolutely, course he, yeah. he he obviously then has to teach specifics to do with the software but the print sure. but he's got a core system that he teaches that around yeah so you know it's not a case of if you're teaching people how to use wordpress for instance you've got to show them how to use it but but my advice would be create a core set of principles that it doesn't then really doesn't matter what the platform is at the end of the day the core set of principles remain the same and then you can update the other but the course is still relevant because it's based on the core principles so if you just have that present that makes sense yeah that's good advice so what I did in 2014 is I thought, right, I need to get out from under social media. Um, so I'm going to rebrand. And I rebranded my site, the Social Network Academy, and I called it the Online Marketing Academy. Um, and I wanted to create some more generic training based on core principles of how to build a business online. Um, and so I changed my online marketing academy and you know what here's the thing this was in 2014 we're now in 2018 I have the online marketing academy 101 still in my online marketing academy site and every single um, module of that course is relevant right now except the Facebook module which is you know actually showing people how to set up ads so that's now changed and needs updating but every other module is still relevant today four years later why because it goes through the core principles so I'm not selling it anymore but for all the people that have still got access to it it's all still relevant so you know step one is create something of value solve that problem step two is go out and build your
your audience, create content, be of value, you know. Step three is use your, find an authority platform, um, which, uh, you know, either podcasting or video or blogging or, ha- you know, what, whatever suits you and your personality in order to get out there and, and, and distribute your message and build that audience, you know. And then step four is get feedback from that audience and come up with your service or product. And then step five is the key things you need to think about when creating a product. And then step six is how to launch your product and all the key things you need to know when launching a product. So none of them are platform dependent. They're core principles on what do you need to do in order to build your business uh, or grow your business using um, the internet. And so they all remain, so that's exactly follows what I just said, you know. So I built the Online Marketing Academy, I changed it to the Online Marketing Academy and created Online Marketing 101 and that is a set of principles on exactly what you need to do and some of the videos in there where they might be very specific about platforms might be a little bit out of date but the principles remain the same what a difference from what you were struggling with at the end of that year with all you know having to be in there and changing things constantly because you were focusing on the platform to now this program you're talking about what was it called again this was the online this was the online marketing academy yeah yeah now four years later four years later you couldn't even go four hours no without facebook changing something (laughs) back then so what a huge difference just in your ability just from a business standpoint from a your ability then to have something sellable something that you could actually sell whether you you don't have it on the market right now but you could and it's still sellable four years later compared to the the long work days and hours spent yeah. probably having to keep everything up to date back then when it was platform specific. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so big what lesson. A big, mm, big big lesson there. So make a note, listeners, make a note. Principles. Yes. Principles, not platforms. Just write that down. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good though. Mm. I like that. So take action. We principles can't. not platforms yeah absolutely so hmm. so what happens what happens next what brings us up to kind of where we're at now because we're still we're still a few years until now so what happened next okay so it goes quite fast from now on um so in 2014 the other thing i did in 2014 which i hadn't really done before is i delved into affiliate marketing um mm. and i uh, started doing a bit of affiliate marketing and i really did very well with that because of the trust i'd built with my community the other good reason to build your audience first build that cr- trust and credibility um and because of that i i did very very well with with being able to go out and recommend other people's programs and um you know i didn't the key with affiliate marketing is to only ever recommend something that you have used tried yourself or that you completely trust the person that is you know has created the course yeah um so that's really the key to that and so I did super super well uh anyway I was affiliate marketing for a guy who I love and who's actually just this week released a book um so I'm going to give him a quick plug god bless him because he's such a nice guy called one too many um and that's a guy called Jason Fladlin from a company mm. called Rapid Crush. Um, and Jason is probably, without a doubt, one of the best salesmen, one of the best webinar salesmen I've ever come across. He, his, his ability to um, understand his audience and to meet the objections head on and to give an immense amount of content while also selling 
in like a one to two hour webinar is just phenomenal. I've never, it's just, I've learned more from watching his webinars than I've learned from buying courses. You know, I mean, mm. his webinars alone are so full of incredible gems of information. Um, so I was doing quite a lot of affiliate marketing for him that year um, because I just loved his stuff. Um, and I was selling lots of stuff. And the, towards the end of 2014, that they were, Rapid Crush at the time, were playing around with Amazon. They'd, they'd, they'd bought a few, an Amazon course. They were affiliating for a big Amazon course, amazing.com or whatever. Um, and they'd been doing it for a year or so. And they had actually said to me a year or so before, you should do Amazon and I was like oh yeah no no it's not really for me um, <laughs> bit of an, a bit of a Facebook thing there isn't there no no it's not for me you know um, so but at the end of 2014 my partner and I um, had kind of worked on and off together for a couple of years and we're, we're almost at the point of calling it a day you know <laughs> sometimes it's not a good idea to work with your partner um, right and I wanted um, him to have like a project <laughs> <laughs> um, that that would sort of, you know, g- give him something to really focus on. And so I told him about Amazon and said, look, hon, why don't you look at this? This looks like a really good opportunity. And I think it could be something that you could sink your teeth into. And so we actually um, decided to um, embark on building a business on Amazon. And I was quite excited by kind of learning a new skill. So what I did is I actually invited my community to watch over our shoulder as we built the business. Yeah. So that was through 2015. I did four courses in all, four 12-week courses. Um, and I think we took, I don't know, seven, eight hundred people over, over those four courses through our Amazon course. Um, but the interesting thing was, is through 2015, we generated over a million dollars of sales with one, mm-hmm. with one product on Amazon. Um, over that first 12 months. I mean, it was phenomenal. It, it, it really took our breath away. And while we were doing that, we were showing all of our students exactly what we were doing. So we were literally, we were, we were in the back end, you know, they were watching over our shoulders. We were videoing how we were launching the products, what we were doing, how things were working, how Amazon worked, our frustrations, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, the lot over that whole year. Um, and we were working really hard, both of us, we were working really hard on trying to build the Amazon business while at the same time um, running the courses for the students, yeah? Um, Yeah. And by the end of 2015, I mean, it was phenomenal because we had so many people who um, did really, really well. And I'm really happy to say now that some, some of the people that went through our course are traveling the world right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I get messages. Uh, I've got my friend Sue and her son. I don't know where they are at the moment, actually. They were in America. They were in um, one of the, the Virgin Islands or whatever. I think they, they, they were in Spain recently. I don't know. Um, and I've got my friends over on the Gold Coast doing super well and a guy in the UK and a guy in New Zealand. And so, you know, we've got all these people that have done super well. And I'm, I'm so happy to have been um, the person that introduced it to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's all I was, an introductory. You know, Amazon does the rest. Yeah, I can't take any credit other than the fact that I introduced them to the opportunity, which was great. Um, and your talent for motivating people came into play there too because people do – there are quite a few steps. It goes fast. Yeah. But you've got to be an action taker and see things through. And I would imagine others sharing that same content that you shared perhaps wouldn't have had people – 
I don't know, wouldn't have had as many success stories because you're so good at getting people to take action. So there's that too. So I just, I, I remember watching your students doing what they were doing through that whole period in just awe, just thinking, it, I, how is she doing? Because I sell pro, you know, programs, and sometimes it's really hard to get people to actually get the result, not because the information is the wrong information, but, um, but that, I think that was key too. Yeah. You, you, you're really good at that. <laughs> you're really, really good. But it is tough. It is tough. And, you know, the, the old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink comes into play. Um, yep. And, there, you know, there was a lot of people who also didn't. They didn't take the sure. action or they took some action. But, you know, it's hard going. It's, it's like any other business, um, any, running any business, starting any business, getting any business off the ground is hard going. It doesn't matter what business you're in. It is hard going. Um, and so, you know, there were people as well who didn't do very well. And the unfortunate thing with Amazon is you're putting out money up front because you've got to buy stock. You know, yeah. Um, and I, I must admit, by the end of 2015, I was tired. You know, I was really, really mm-hmm. tired because you also had people who had bought stock and had gone into Amazon and then weren't doing everything that they needed to do to make it happen, um, and their businesses weren't weren't working. You know, um, mm-hmm. and you're you're their first port of call for you know. Hold on a second, you told me this was going to work. Well, yeah, right. but you know, you got to, you got to, <laughs> you got to do the work. You know, you got to, <laughs> you got to put that effort in um, and make it happen. But by the end of 2015, I mean, we, we, we'd probably just had our most successful financial year, both from the Amazon side and from the um, digital marketing side. Um, but I was exhausted. By the end of 2015, I was absolutely exhausted, and it wasn't just because of the course; it was also because. Along the, I'm ashamed to say this, along the years of doing all of this, my whole focus was online, 100%. Um, you know, everything else came a second, including my little girl, God bless her. Everything else came, played second fiddle to my online career. This was it. Yeah. Um, and so I was sat for hours and hours and hours at a time. I wasn't doing any exercise. I wasn't eating particularly well. We lived in a resort in Phuket where happy hour was, you know, every single afternoon. So it was super easy just to go downstairs and, and start drinking wine, you know, late afternoon. Um, and then you'd eat high fat Thai curries, sit on my bum, you know, for hours and hours. And really by the end of 2015, I was just exhausted exhausted mentally physically emotionally I don't know what happened to be honest with you I just hit a wall I literally hit a wall I just remember saying to Rhett I can't do it anymore I'm done it was almost like I just woke up one morning and said I'm done I can't I can't I can't live this life anymore I can't do it anymore I'm exhausted I didn't even want to go in my group and talk to the people that were in my group anymore I couldn't I just couldn't you know, I just hit a wall. It was really strange for me because I'm like the most upbeat, positive, problem-solving person in the world. But I, but I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened was in 2016 is I, I kind of stopped. I, I, I didn't make any big announcements or anything. I just, um, I just sort of stopped. Um, I think I started my Make It Happen Monday series. I think I might yeah. have started that because I kind of wanted to just keep keep some momentum going. So I thought I'll just produce a video every week, but I'm going to stop selling. 
I'm going to stop selling. I'm not going to do any more courses. I'm not doing any. My, my last Amazon course had finished. So I'd, I'd, I'd lived up to all my commitments. Um, and I thought, I'm not going to do any more sales. I'm just going to stop. Um, we, we, we've made enough cash last year to, to give me a bit of a break. Um, so I'm going to focus more on my health. I'm going to try and get myself a bit fitter um, and, uh, you know, just try and sort myself out. Um, so I started doing the Make It Up a Monday video. So just one video a, a week, um, which I quite enjoyed. And sorry, sorry to interrupt. Rhett, Rhett was running the... He was... T- yeah, he, start, he, he took over that. I mean, it was totally his thing. Amazon is a... Amazon as a business requires um, daily consistent focused action without fail every single day you need to be in there tweaking every single day you need to be in there doing something and Rhett is just uh he is a machine you know when he gets his mind on something Mm. and he's motivated by money I'm not motivated by money he is so when he saw the dollar signs he was off and running you know that was it boom yeah yeah um so I started doing my makeup and Monday videos, but other than that, I just completely switched my focus and I packed up um, wine altogether um, and I started doing yoga and I started looking after my diet, spending a bit more time with my daughter, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and 2016 was a huge life-changing year for me, to be honest with you. It really was. I, I came out at the end of 2016, 20 kilos lighter. My motivation levels were, were higher. My energy was better. Um, I was moving more because I wasn't sat behind the computer all the time. I felt better about life. I had a better relationship with my daughter. You know, all of that kind of stuff happened in 2016. It was phenomenal. Um, and I kind of did the same really through 2017, but the difference was is I wanted a, a, another fresh challenge. Um, so I started building the e-commerce site alongside our, our Amazon business. So I built, mm-hmm. I built the website that went with our Amazon, which was a really interesting experience. I did it using Shopify. Um, and it was a very interesting experience, really good fun to do. Um, and I had a good year, but my heart wasn't in it. I, I, yeah. I, you know, it was, it's, it's mainly tech stuff and product descriptions and stuff like that. And, you know, I just, my heart was not in it and I knew I wanted to go back to doing what I have been doing, which is content, videos, blog posts, podcasts, you know, education, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so I knew I wanted to do that, but, and this was the great thing, Jay, is over that kind of two-year period, 2016-2017, my priorities had started to change, you know, as I was kind of revamping myself. I knew that I wanted to go back to doing what I'd done before, but I also knew that I didn't want to go back into um, the world of creating and selling video courses and training programs, right? Um, I kind of had a new purpose, you know. Money was not my primary objective anymore. I wanted the time to continue improving my health and energy. Um, I wanted the time to continue spending more time with my daughter. And also I wanted to continue traveling and learning and expanding my mind. Most importantly, um, I, I, I felt this gnawing desire to give back, you know, to, to, to find a way where I could contribute more to the world. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that part of doing videos and education and stuff like that is a way, you know, when I started this whole business back in 2010, 2011, and I was giving away those that landing page software and doing all my videos and all the rest of it and not charging anybody anymore, I remember loving that. 
I mean, I just remember loving that whole time. And I remember Rhett saying to me in Cyprus one day, if you could have the perfect work day, what would it be? And I remember saying to him, um, I wouldn't be doing blimmin' launches and sales and stuff like that. I would just be delivering loads and loads of content and talking to people and networking and solving problems and mixing with great entrepreneurs and doing all that kind of stuff, right? Um, Yeah. And... uh, I, I really, you know, I, I wanted to do that again and not have all the pressure of selling courses and stuff like that. And luckily, because we've built this business, that's given me the opportunity to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and that pretty much kind of brings us up to speed where we are now in 2018. Um, and I decided that what I wanted to do this year was to um, this year is supposed to be my official sabbatical year. even though I've kind of been on a sabbatical, if you like, really, for the last couple of years, if you think about it. Um, But last year, I I did work quite hard on building the e-commerce site. So, you know, I was working quite a lot last year, but this year is supposed to be my official. But I decided this year that I really wanted to um, get into a position of networking, talking to entrepreneurs, delivering great content, um, sharing any learnings I have, all that, and almost go all the way back to 2010 when I started the SNA, uh, before I started started the SNA and do kind of what I did then where I was just delivering loads and loads of great content and learnings and having fun and meeting new people and all of that kind of stuff. Um, And where we are now in our particular situation, our life is we're now at the stage where we are entering a new era, which is looking at how we turn our profits into lifelong true passive income. Yeah. So how do we actually start to invest now, what do we invest in? What's important out there? Uh, stocks, shares, digital currency, property, whatever. How do we invest in order to generate a return? Buying and selling businesses, stuff like that. And that's kind yeah. of where we are now in our journey in um, in doing that. However, I'm still incredibly interested and fascinated by the different opportunities online. For instance, right now, I'm currently investigating how to set up Alexa skills. There's this whole new market emerging online where you can make money by creating these Alexa skills, which are like apps for your iPhone, right? So I'm still Mm -hmm. fascinated by all that kind of stuff. Um, An e-commerce business, I really want to set up an e-commerce business with my daughter, yeah, and show her how we build an e-commerce business out together and all that kind of stuff. So... Um, this this blog that people are listening to right now, um, th- sorry, this podcast, which is on my blog, that people are listening to right now, um, really, it's a conglomeration of all my experiences, past, present and future. Um, it's, it's, I'm going to be talking about the stuff I've learned along the way and the different experiences I've had, sharing some interviews that I've done, you know, like my very first episode was, was my interview with Chris Farrell from 2013, which was fantastic. Um, so, you know, stuff like that, plus what, what we're doing right now, plus all the kind of things that are coming in in the future, which is just fascinating. I'm so fascinated by technology and AI and automation and all that kind of stuff. Um, and and I'm going to be talking, obviously, to lots of very, very interesting entrepreneurs and people who have built, are building businesses um, using uh, uh, the online tools available to all of us now. And uh, yeah, I just hope that this this podcast becomes um, a way that people that helps people discover um, their best self, really, and puts them on a journey to achieving all of their dreams and goals and that's 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 where we're at that's why we're here right now what i hope people 
do as they listen to this podcast and look at the blog and everything is not only listen to the content and learn from it and and really take action like we've we've kind of hit home on this interview but also watch what you're doing because it, it is based on years of experience now and who knows what your end vision for where this all goes a year from now year and a half from now will be it'll change lots between now and then I'm guessing or at least it'll adjust course a little bit here and there but that doesn't stop you from going live right now and actually actually putting content out you're actually doing these interviews you're putting together really good interviews and content that will really help people to do what you there are lots of different topics so it'll help people do a lot of things but you kind of have a theme of helping people live a fulfilling life and have impact in whatever they're doing so kind of becoming consecrated and doing things for the right reasons in a way that will allow them to have more impact and i i just hope people will will watch what you're doing and how you're doing it as much as pay attention to the exact content because you're such a good example at let's just take action. So I'm not sure if you were wanting to share this, but I'm going to ask the question anyways, because I think it's a great example of what we're talking about and kind of what the theme of (laughs) the interview has turned out to be. But you were planning on going live with this podcast this coming week, but last night you were playing around and and learning your podcasting software and can you kind of share what happened and and (laughs) the process of going live with everybody (laughs) yeah absolutely um (laughs) so basically I actually wasn't even planning to go live with this podcast until probably September um because yeah yeah because we're doing a lot of traveling over the summer um between the end of June and the middle of August um so I was thinking right I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do anything until we get back in September blah blah and then last week I found this app called Anchor, anchor anchor.fm. And basically, it's a podcasting app. And it's mainly a mobile app, you can get it on your desktop as well. Um, But it means you can record podcasts directly onto it via your phone. Um, And you can also upload podcasts um, recorded elsewhere. Um, You can upload segments, all that kind of stuff. But I, I think this is like the YouTube for podcasts. Right, because prior to this app, when you do podcasting, you have to record it and then you have to upload it onto a hosting server somewhere, um, and then you have to submit those RSS feeds to um, Apple, etc. Yeah, and then your podcast goes live on iTunes, but you have to pay for the hosting and everything. Um, whereas this app, you just upload it and you click submit, and it submits it out to Google Play and iTunes and Spotify and all those places, um, and it's free. So it's kind of like the YouTube for for podcasting, I believe. Anyway. It's quite new and I got very excited by it. Um, And so I thought, wow, this is a lot easier way to podcast than before where you'd have to record the podcast, edit it, host it, tag it with an ID3 tagger or whatever. So it's got all your description and your photos and all the rest of it. Upload it, blah, blah, blah. This is a lot easier. So I was messing around with it last night and uh, I uploaded two or three sort of test podcasts um, and there was a big blue button that said your and none of them were published they were all saved as draft and there was this big blue button that said your podcast is currently only available on anchor um would you like us to distribute it would you like us to distribute it everywhere else i.e. itunes etc and i thought oh i wonder if i click that button 
what will happen, whether they'll come up with further instructions on what you do next, blah, blah, blah. So I clicked the button and got a notification that my podcast was now being distributed out to iTunes and all these other places. Um, You're alive. <laughs> and that they'd let me know. And so I suddenly thought, oh, gosh, well, my podcast is still draft. And if it goes to iTunes with draft, they'll reject it. And then I don't know how long it will take to resubmit it and all the rest of it. So I literally just grabbed um, my Chris Farrell interview and made that episode one and published it. <laughs> and now you're live. And now you're going to go live every – how often are you going to release? Because you have some interviews that you've been doing the past few months. So. I have, yes. Yeah. So what's what's the what's the do you have a plan for releasing how often you'll release new podcasts? It's a loose plan of two a week. It's a loose plan of one oh, wow. okay. one one wow. one with an interview with a person and one with with me just having a bit of a ramble and a, and, a, and a chat about what I'm up to at the moment or something I found or something interesting or an important lesson or something. So that's it's that's a loose plan. I've kind of said to myself with this podcast, I don't want to make myself too many rules. Um, sure. So I want to be consistent. So there'll definitely be one episode at least once a week, um, which will be an interview with someone else. But the goal is to also try and get this second one out um, every week, which is uh, me just having a chat about something or other. Um, so you planned on going live and September and instead you click the big blue button so you're just rolling with it I'm and you're live now. Rolling I just with love it. that. <laughs> Massive action barns right there. I love it. That's just so cool. Rolling with it. Um but before we go, I know this has been a bit of a long one and uh hopefully we still have the attention of the listener uh, who's listening to this right now. Um but before we go, I do just want to say as well um regards the lessons over the last few years and kind of where where I've come to now and something that I hope has come across with this podcast and that people will take away from this. And that is that, you know, you, you can, you could get out there and generate as much money as you like, but if you then don't have the health, um, to enjoy it, it's almost irrelevant. You know, you, you, it's so important that you look after yourself as well. And the, it's been the last two years that's really taught me that, um, that in order to be able to, uh, and not only once you've made the money, but in the process of making it, you know, there were times when I got so overwhelmed and couldn't deal with stuff and couldn't take things in my stride because I was tired. And look, mm -hmm. looking back, I know that I would have been so much more productive and probably would have got even more done if I'd have just had more energy, if I'd have just looked after myself a bit better, if I'd have been more healthy, you know, um, and so that's a really important lesson for me. Um, and now I, I mean, health is now my number one. I, I say my number one, although I was supposed to be at yoga right now, but we've overrun. So I'm missing my <laughs> yoga class um, and my teacher's going to be very upset with me. But, um, you know, health is, I can't express how that really needs to be your number one priority above and beyond anything else. Right. Um but then the other thing as well for me is I have a much greater purpose. You said you're not sure what the vision of this podcast will be in a year and a half. I'm not sure what the exact vision is, but I do know that I have this goal. Um, I've created this um, kind of lending team, if you like, on, on, a, on, mm -hmm. a, on a site called Kiva.org, um, which lends micro loans, small amounts of money to, in particular, w women. I mean, it, Kiva lends to it to, to men and women, but I'm particularly interested in the women in developing countries who are incredibly oppressed and, um, you know, are really up against it. And there's awful crimes and things happening against them, um, particularly in Southeast Asia and India and Africa. And um, these micro loan organizations 
organizations come together and they loan small amounts of money to these women to go and start their own businesses. So in comes the entrepreneur angle, which is always going to get me interested. So these ladies, um, you know, it's a story I tell on a podcast of one lady who with just $65 completely turned her entire village around because she started this business selling shawls with just 65 bucks and ended up employing 30 people in her village. And now her entire village has changed because of this initial $65 loan. So, um, I'm very passionate so about awesome. these. Yeah, I'm very passionate about these micro loans, and Kiva.org is a site that does that. And I've set up a lending team on Kiva.org called Micro Angels. So, in other words, we're angel investors, i.e., investing in startups, but with micro loans. And for as little as twenty-five dollars, um, you can go and change thousands of people's lives because that twenty-five dollars gets paid back, and then it gets loaned to somebody else, and then paid back and loaned to somebody else. So you're not just reaching one person; you're potentially reaching thousands with just that tiny, small investment. So that's kind of my purpose, Jay. So all of this content and everything I'm putting out now in years to come, is that going to turn into a profitable business? Yes, I hope so. I hope that I will do masterminds, um, you know, retreats. Uh, one of my goals in years to come is to, to get involved with angel investing and working with um, investors and stuff like that. So that's that's all. It's kind of bubbling away there without any really clear but it's it's there um but my very clear vision is that i can build a huge audience of people and gradually over time convince them to go and join my lending team and and uh, invest just 25 bucks um and go and change thousands of women's life you know with that small investment and and at the end of every podcast i i guide people to my page joebarnesonline.com forward slash micro angel where they can find out more about it and can sign up on my lending team and go and join and help me reach my first goal of a million dollars um is my first goal and then beyond that who knows um so you know, that's kind of all there as well. So I hope that people will take away from this. And, and oh, sorry, the last thing as well, Jay, is something you said about watching what I'm doing um, as well as just listening to the content. And that is that I'm almost starting again. Yes, it's now built on years of experience, but when I had my downtime over the last couple of years, I pretty much eradicated my email list. I'm down to one mm-hmm. one thousand six hundred people on my email list. Yeah, um, because I basically just said, you know what, I'm going to get rid of everybody who has not engaged with me in X amount of time or whatever. Um, and so I'm down to you know a very small list of people. I've got very few people in my Facebook group. I haven't got that many people on my page. Blah blah blah. I'm kind of almost starting again. And my my goal is to go all the way back to 2010 and do exactly the same where I just go out there and give lots and lots of great content and inspire people and hopefully inspire inspire people to the point where they know they can. That's the goal, you know, for me to, for me to, um, with my stories and my content and my interviews, show you that you can, you can do it. You can achieve whatever your goals and dreams are. So, uh, so yeah, so hopefully by watching me grow this podcast, um, I just took a screenshot um, this morning of the 12 plays that I've had for my episode one <laughs> in the hope yes. that in a year's time I can take another screenshot and show significantly more. And obviously anybody that's followed that journey will be able to see exactly how I've done it over that year um, and built up that audience. So hopefully it will be a great, great journey. That's awesome. Cool. I can't wait to I can't wait to see that one year screenshot. Yeah, well fingers crossed, eh? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um 
So I think that's I think that's probably it. I think we should probably leave it there, Jay. Or uh, it's it's run on very long. Very good. Well, it, I I think it was good. It was a great uh, great conversation, and I appreciate you letting me be a part of it. Thank you very much for being my interviewer on today's podcast, Jared. Do you have any parting thoughts before we call it a day? I think just one, and and I was thinking it all along, and I just am grateful. I just wanted to say thank you. I appreciate our friendship and our business relationship. We've done coaching programs together and different things, but more than that, I just feel I feel grateful for the opportunity I've had to learn from you and to work with you and it's just been a real pleasure and a real honor and a huge uh, huge benefit to to my business and my family and everything so just appreciate you a lot love what you do and uh, the character with which you do it so thanks for for just being massive action barns and let me come along for the ride. Oh, thank you. And I just want to say, quick mutual appreciation going on here, um, that I feel exactly the same way. And listeners, tap up Jared Elvidge. Go and find him on Facebook. The, the only guy I know who has the unique ability to take the technical world and put it in a user perspective. Um, somebody who can literally look at a website and understand completely what the marketer, the brand owner, um, the product creator wants to achieve while also understanding the technical requirements in order to achieve that. It's a phenomenal skill and also super, super lovely guy. They're always so calm and lovely and an awesome coach. So make sure you go and look up Jared Elvidge and I'm going to put a little link to your Facebook page underneath um, our are uh, this recording on my blog oh thanks that's awesome <laughs> thank you all right well thanks for joining us today ladies and gentlemen i do hope that you found today's episode interesting um and uh, a few lessons along the way and uh yeah let's see how we go and i look forward to seeing you on the next episode <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To join in the conversation, please head over to joebarnesonline.com where you can find links to podcasts, show notes, and sign up to download my free ebook, How to Build a Business You Can Run from Anywhere in the World. If you have a moment, please subscribe and quickly rate this podcast. I'm not sure where you're listening to this, but if you happen to be on iTunes, it literally takes a tenth of a second to hit the little stars and your rating will ensure it gets out to more people and impacts as many as possible. Lastly, I'm super passionate about creating a movement of philanthropic investors. So please head over to joebarnesonline.com forward slash micro angel to find out more about how you can become a micro angel and with just $25 impact thousands of women and children who desperately need our help. Thank you so much. I do hope you've enjoyed today's episode. See you on the next podcast. And in the meantime, get out there and make life happen.